I want to read one verse tonight. It's in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23 tonight. And just give you one little verse and a thought on that. And uh, let God lead us in that. Luke chapter 23, verse number 33. And when they had come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. When they had come to the place which is called Calvary, they crucified him, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Let us pray tonight. Father, we just thank you tonight for Lord just being the Father. Help us to be more mindful of who you are and who we are. The circumstances in life blind us so many times. The obstacles in life keeps us from seeing you. But Father, may you open our eyes that we can see more clearly and that you've got everything under control. And Father, we'll praise you. We'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm glad I've got a Savior tonight. If you're here tonight and unsure of your eternal destination, unsure heaven is your home, then you're missing out on the greatest peace that a person could ever possibly know. The greatest peace I have is not in my bank account. If I showed you, you'd laugh. I've heard... uh, Many, maybe you've heard many people that uh, people have stood and testified that they've lost everything. They lost all that they had in the bank. My peace is not in my health. I've seen family members, I've seen loved ones lose their health. My peace is not whether what goes on in Congress or the White House or the elections uh, what they uh, doing in the uh, uh, everything around us because that is constantly changing. But I'm glad I got my peace in a person that is unchangeable, he's unelected, and he's unimpeachable. Nobody put him on the throne, and certainly nobody can take him off the throne. He's God all by himself. He didn't need a sinner to say that he was God. He didn't need the angels to tell him that he was God. He didn't need a Christian to tell him that he was God. He doesn't need the devil or the demons of hell to tell him that they were he was God. Long before there was ever a, a sun, moon, stars, there was a Savior. Before the first seraphim uh, herald around the throne saying uh, uh, glory to God, to the Father, holy, 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 there was a God. Long before there was a sin problem, there was a Savior. Long before the first man dropped down on his knees and cried out uh, glory to God, Jesus' name. Aren't you glad that the There is a Savior tonight. Just want to give you this little thought tonight. It'll help you out. 
Had it not been. Had it not been. You, you know, there's some had it not beens in our life that wasn't such a big deal. That wasn't significant in our lives. I, I've heard people sitting around tables, and I, I've done it myself. I've heard people sit and sit and talk, uh, and they talk about uh, 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 sporting events and uh, how it had it not been for that fumble, had it not been been for that interception, our team would have won. You know, I am a Tar Heel fan. I love Tar Heel basketball. I certainly could say the same thing. Had it not been for the other teams beating us, we would have won the championships. They had beaten us oftentimes. But in the reality of the end of the life and when eternity begins, it's not going to matter who finishes with the most points, who has the most rebounds, most touchdowns, or how many home runs. Those are insignificant had not been in our life. Now there are some important had it not been in our life. Amen. I have talked to people and they said, had it not been for that person, had it not been for their husband, or had it not been for their wives, they would not have been where they're at today. I've seen people said, had it not been for that circumstance in my life, had it not been for that time that somebody invited me to church, had it not been for that preacher that told me I was on my way to hell, had it not been for those events in my life, I would not be where I'm standing at today. Today, those are significant had it not been in our life. But can I say in verse 33, it is neither insignificant nor simply important had it not been. In verse 33, it's an imperative had it not been. This is one that you cannot do without. This is one that changes and alters the course of history and even the course of eternity tonight. What happened in verse 33 does not just simply alter the course of a day or a year, but it alters the course throughout history forever. May I say... This one scene draws our lives and draws our hearts back to it. There has not been a day before or since that's held so much significant like the single day did. The place called Calvary. Had it not been, I, I want you to think about in your life and think about times in your life and, and just close your eyes and, and, and see those times in your life had it not been, had it not been for this or had it not been for that, that, that made a difference in your life. But well, let me say this, uh, uh, this day, this moment was a had it not been that lasts throughout eternity. Had it not been for a place called Calvary. In verse 33, when they had come to the place called Calvary. Can I say I appreciate the place called Calvary. 
Do you realize this is the only time the word Calvary is mentioned in the King James Bible? I, I, I got to looking and I studied and I said, man, a, a, such a significant event and a, such a significant thing that happened in our life, it is only mentioned one, one time in the Bible. I know that other versions have taken the word Calvary out in uh, the text. They've replaced it or changed it or updated it with some other word. But let me say, don't mess with the place called Calvary. I, I, I want to thank God for a place called Calvary. I, I believe when God from the... Uh, formed the Rocky Mountains when God had caved out, carved out the uh, Grand Canyons, when God uh, was forming the trees, uh, the rivers, and the stars. I believe that in Jerusalem, long before man ever put his uh, footprint in the dust of this world, uh, uh, on the God began to form and mold that lonely hill just outside of Jerusalem called Calvary. Long before there was ever a sin problem in this world, God already had a place chosen. God already had a spot. God already had formed it, and it was called Calvary in the mind of God long before man ever other the word tonight. I, I love that song. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died. On Calvary, mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Can I say that place called Calvary is the greatest battle that ever took place for the soul of man tonight. Uh, that place at called Calvary, uh, Jesus uh, hung on the cross uh, and the devil was whispering in his ears, uh, look at him, they mock you, they curse you, look at him, why don't you just call the angels and get down off of this? Uh, and Christ said, uh, I thirst. Uh, he, the devil done throwed one punch at him. He said, look at it, they don't care about you anymore. And then he said, uh, uh, Father, uh, why has thou forsaken me? And the devil said, look there, your own father is not listening to you and then Jesus says I've commend my spirit in thy hand it is finished Calvary what a place there was a spiritual warfare that was raised for the soul of man devil wanted the soul but Jesus fought for you and I I read about Napoleon and it was said that he had called all these generals together and he brought them into a room and there were on the, uh, on the walls with a, uh, the map of the entire world all the continents was placed there and they's looking at it, and they said he got up and he took a pen and walked around and walked to that map and circled a little place. 
It was an insignificant place. It didn't have much meaning. There was not even a name on it. You had to get real close to this place to look at it. But he circled it. He said, had it not been for here, had it not been for Waterloo, I would have been ruler of this world. The devil was saying the same thing. If Jesus gives up, uh, he's hanging on the cross and the devil's whispering in his ear, uh, why don't you get down? They don't care for you. They don't love you. They're not worshiping you. In fact, they're calling you all kinds of names. They're spitting at you. Why don't you just get down? Jesus knew if he got down, the devil would win. Had it not been for this place called Calvary, where would you be at tonight? Had it not been for the penalty of the cross. I thought about this. God had chosen in his wisdom. Could have at any point in history. Any point in time. To inhabit his eternity. He steps out and looks down at this point in history. He decides to come and gives his life at this time, at this point in history. God chose to send his son into the world. I thought about this. He sent his son into the world to die when the penalty was the most inhumane in the history of mankind. He could have Came at a time when they was using firing squads, suffering had been over easy. He could have come at a time uh, when they had the guillotine uh, and one swack and the suffering was over. It was easy, much quicker. But he chose to come at a time he would suffer the maximum pain. He chose to come when he would suffer maximum shame. He was embarrassed in front of the entire world. The Romans' cross was something the Romans devised in the heyday of the Roman Empire. It was an instrument of torture to make men suffer for hours, even days they would suffer. Many men would die on the cross and some of them were nailed, uh, but they wouldn't die from the nails. They would die from uh, asphyxiation. They, they were hung there for so long they were trying to uh, raise themselves up to get a breath, but they could not and they would suffer to death. The Savior says, I'm going to come to pay the worst penalty that anybody can. I want to make sure that 2,000 years later that they realize that I, I love them so much that I paid the most awful penalty that man has ever paid. I died to death. It amazes me that, that the eternal God of heaven would die. The Bible said that, that he was obedient even unto the death. That amazes me as long, but it went further even to the death of the cross. You know, a child would ask when you was little, when they were little, says, How much do you love me? 
I once always did it with them. my little boys. They, they said, I love you this much. They tried to hold their arms out. I love you this much. They says, how much you love me? I'd hold my arms way out like this. I love you this much. Jesus said the same thing. I don't love you just this much. Jesus hung on the cross says, I love you this much. The penalty that he suffered for you and I. Look, don't get caught up and wrapped up in this outward suffering of the cross. Many died from the cross. Many was nailed to the cross. But they weren't the Savior. It was just not an outward suffering, but it was an inward suffering of his soul. The Bible said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did not esteem him, stricken him, smitten God, afflicted. Think about this. Every sin of every man, woman, child, boy, and girl that was ever committed, all of us guilty. The Bible said that he bore the sins for all. From Adam to the very day, every sin. Let me ask you, can you carry all of your sins at one time? Are you able to stand under the load of all your sins at one time? I know some people don't think they sinned a whole lot, but let me just say this. We sin every day. The Bible said his heart was broken at Calvary. He never sinned. The cross that he carried was not his cross. No doubt when he picked it up, it was his cross. But it was meant for you and I. It was meant for Barabbas, a murderer. And yet at the end, Barabbas goes free and our Savior dies. When I think about me paying the penalty in the lake of fire forever and ever for my sins, uh, I want to thank God, thank God, thank God that he went to Calvary. Thank God he was nailed to the cross. Thank God he carried my sins. I don't have to pay that penalty. My Savior went through hell for me. He took my sins. He took my punishment and took my place in hell. When he died on the cross and they put him in a tomb, the Bible said for three days he was in the heart of the earth. A place that you and I should already be. Jesus has already, already done paid the price. I don't understand why anybody would want to go to hell when Jesus already done paid the price for you. Had it not been for the place called Calvary, had it not been for the penalty of the cross, had it not been for the person called Christ, 
It could not have been any other person that could do all of this. It could not have been just another man or another prophet. It could not have been a priest. It could not have been just another king. It had to be the Son of God. The Bible said that blood of the bulls and goats could not do that. That was not able to do that. The offering of this man, Jesus Christ, was one time. He was one sacrifice for sins and forever. Thousands and thousands of bulls and goats' blood was spilled year after year trying to cover the sins of those that lived in those days. And Bible said even the blood was shed, it come to it come never make it perfect. But after Jesus and Calvary, this person, this one suffering sacrifice of the wrath of God, I believe in the book of Hebrew, there's a, a, is a clear picture of a patent in heaven of what down on earth when God showed Moses how to build the tabernacle. It was just a shadow what had already been placed in heaven. And when the Savior rose from the grave, that's why he told Mary, don't touch me. I, I haven't been to the, my father yet. He hadn't gone back to the mercy seat and placed the blood on it. He had to take the sinless blood and place it on the mercy seat. That's why he said, don't touch me. Amen. I believe when he left this world, he went back to glory world. He walked right past the holy place. And walked right inside where the mercy seat was. And put the blood on the altar. And the altar that cried justice must be served. But now Christ it has been satisfied. Thank God for the person called Christ. This person looking down for me. This Christ came looking for me. And he brought me. And I was the reason he came. God's Son come for you and I to die on the cross. Had it not been for a place called Calvary, had it not been for the penalty of the cross, had it not been the person called Christ, where would you be at? I don't know if anybody knows Bob Russell. He's not a common person. He's not a well-known person. He's not an author. He's not a doctor. He's not a sports figure. He's not a movie actor. He's none of those things. He's not. In fact, he's just a common man. He went on a date with a woman that would soon be his wife. And that very night, he picked her up in a 1967 Austin Healy. Now, I don't know if y'all car butts, but you know what that is. An Austin Healy. That's a car. It's a good car. Wished I had one now, but I ain't got it. But he took her out in this Austin Healy, and that very night they had went out on their first date, and he went back home, and he got up the next morning, somebody had stole his car. 
He filed the police report. He, he looked here and he looked there. He searched everywhere he could. He went to auctions. He went to the sales. He just read the newspaper for somebody. He could not find this Austin Healy. He, he, was, he was beaten down because of it. He soon he married his uh, wife and he was living there. And he said, for 20 years, this man searched for this car looking high and low, going to auctions, and then all of a sudden the computer came along and he was able to look on the computer and see cars for sale there all over the place. And one day he was checking it out. And in California he saw a picture of an Austin Healey that looked just like his would have. And he got the matching up the VIN number and he come to find out that was his car 20 years later. He, he showed the police officers the, 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 the police report and they went and seized the car and took an impound it and they've come to find out it was his car and he went to California to bring his uh, car back to uh, Texas where he was at. He, he said, I, I got to get my car. When he picked the car up, they put it on a low board and they brought it all the way back to his house. They unloaded there and he looked at this car. Paint was peeling. The interior was messed up, ripped up. And people look at him and says, what are you going to do with this old beat up thing now? You've wasted 20 years of your life looking for this thing. He said, you know what? I'm going to restore it just like it was the day I had it. I'm going to fix the interior. I'm going to paint it up. And it's going to look like the very first day I had it. Jesus is telling you and I, he's going to restore you and I just like the first day. Cleanses up, put us whole, put a new paint job on it, fix the upholstery, all that on us. He's going to make us clean again. Amen. I'm looking forward to that day. I'm waiting for that day. Amen. Had it not been for a man called Jesus, where would you be at tonight? What would you be saying tonight had it not been for Jesus? Amen.